Welcome to another episode of For the Love of Dharma. I am your host, Heather Love. I'm excited you're here. I'm doing a special eight-week series based on the teachings in The Book of Joy, authored by Douglas Abrams. This book has changed my life. I'm totally obsessed with it, and I wanted to share it with you. In 2015, good friends, His Holiness the Dalai Lama and Archbishop Desmond Tutu met in India over the course of a week to discuss the nature of joy and obstacles to reaching it. Together, they offered eight pillars of joy, which provide the foundation for lasting happiness. In this series, we'll break down each pillar in detail so that you will have the tools you need to find pure joy. In each episode's show notes, I will include what I personally highlighted in my copy of the book. I will talk about some of these highlights during the episodes, so feel free to follow along as we go. Please join me to finding lasting happiness in a changing world. Pillar 2. Humility. This is the second of four joy pillars that are qualities of the mind. The last four pillars are qualities of the heart. Last week, we talked about perspective as the first principle to leading a joyful life. We discussed the importance of looking at things from a wider view so that you can have a better understanding of what's going on from outside your limited frame of reference. If you haven't listened to that episode yet, I invite you to go back and soak it in. Let's move on to the next ingredient needed to make this joy cake. Humility is defined as freedom from pride or arrogance. You don't think too highly of yourself. You have a modest view of your importance. Today, we'll look at this from both the perspective of you being better than others, but also when we think others are better than us. Pitfalls of both are important to understand. Let's look at ourselves first and just how impressive we are. What I want you to know, first and foremost, is that you are impressive. You are intelligent and kind and creative and beautiful. And so is everyone else. And while I hate to be the bearer of bad news, I also need to tell you that you are not always right and you do not have all the answers. Here's the good news. Nobody is always right and has all the answers. It's not just you. The sooner you come to admit this about yourself, the closer you are to embracing humility If it makes you feel better, I'm not always right. And I certainly don't have all the answers either. I mean, I try to sound like I have my shit together as much as I can on this podcast and in what I put on social media, but I'm convinced that we're all just throwing spaghetti on the wall that we call life and seeing what sticks. We're all just trying to do our best. In this chapter, they talk about how we are one in 7 billion people on this planet. I think that number might actually be closer to 8 billion now, but the point is that anytime you start to think too highly of yourself, it can be good practice to remember this number. 
I'm showing my age here, but if anybody saw the 1989 movie, Honey, I Shrunk the Kids, I kind of relate this pillar to that. Sometimes we think about all we've accomplished or achieved and what sort of amazing things we have on our resumes, and it can go to our heads. But when you think about these things from the viewpoint of if you got shrunk down to the size of an ant, how significant would those things be, really? Don't mistake this for me saying that what you do isn't meaningful. I like to think that my clients think that I provide value to them in pursuing a life they're proud to live. I am confident that you do spectacular things too. It's when this recognition turns to arrogance that the energy shifts from magnetic to repelling. It's when we begin to think of ourselves as more special than others that we cause a rift in the cohesive nature that we were all created from. In the week that this book was written, the Dalai Lama made several comments about not getting caught up in the roles that we are playing in this human body and that arrogance is the confusion between our temporary roles and our fundamental identity. Basically saying the difference between what we've done in our time as a human versus who we are at a soul level. He goes on to say that none of us are immune from our ego, but that arrogance is really about insecurity and that the need to feel better than others is really a fear about not being good enough. That really landed for me and made so much sense. Every single human on this planet wants to be happy. When you can remember this, it's easier to see things from a level playing field. It doesn't matter what credentials they have or what their title is. People will project their fears out into the world. So their core desire of wanting to be happy can easily get lost in the sea of emotion that's being tossed around. It is your responsibility to keep bringing this reminder back to the front of your brain. They want to be happy just like you do, and they deserve to achieve it. Even if you don't like someone, they're allowed to desire happiness all the same. When you look at other people in this way, it allows you to better understand them and provide more compassion. When we tear down the walls of separation, we can begin to experience joy more regularly. I'd also like to briefly discuss the topic of jealousy and envy because I think it applies here. We often get jealous of others because we feel they have something we desire ourselves and generally feel that that is not something that we can have because someone else has already been there and done that. This simply isn't true. This just continues to promote the idea that we are all separate. For most of my life, aside from when I was a teenager, when all girls have inferiority complex, I wasn't too jealous about much of anything or anyone. And then there was a time in my life where I sort of lost my way and I was no longer in touch with that part of my soul that always reminded me that there was no need for jealousy in my life. And what felt like almost overnight, I was jealous of just about everything. Anyone who had what I wanted was a target of my jealousy, whether they knew it or not. And I'll be honest, it didn't feel good to constantly compare myself to 
others, especially when the outcome was me feeling like I wasn't good enough. And then this super cool thing happened that changed my life. It's one of those things that is really hard to put into words and have someone understand the magnitude of it all, but I will give it a go here anyway. It honestly wasn't that long ago that this experience changed the way I view absolutely everyone, maybe nine months ago or so. I don't talk about my meditations with others too much because they are such a personal thing for me, but this one was so powerful that I feel like it's a disservice to not talk about it. I was in a deep, deep meditation. I met up with my guide and I was led to the place where it all starts, where our souls are created. I wish I could adequately put into words what it looked like there, but I honestly don't really know where to start. It was sort of hospital-ish looking, a lot of white, little incubator things that our souls went into right after creation where they stayed for a bit, kind of like a nursery, I guess. And while all of that was fascinating, that's not the part that changed how I look at the world today. I was able to see where the new baby souls come from, and it was magical. If we haven't talked about it before, I believe in reincarnation. I think that we are spiritual beings having a human experience. I believe we continue to come back to earth over and over again to learn lessons that our souls want so that they can evolve. I believe we have hundreds of lifetimes, if not more. So to be able to see where it all starts and where the brand new souls come from was the most magnificent experience that I have ever had. And even though I believe in reincarnation, the human population is expanding at such a rate that new souls need to be created to keep up. Here's the really cool part. They all come from one main energy source. I don't know how else to describe it other than it's this giant ball of the brightest light I have ever seen. Each new soul is a piece of this never-ending energy ball. So if you imagine how melted cheese looks when it's pulled apart, that's kind of how it looked when the souls moved from the main source to the incubator. What this means is that we do truly all come from one source. We are all one. This is so exciting because I think we hear this, but it's kind of hard to wrap your brain around, but I was so fortunate to be able to see this vision and I haven't looked at anything the same since we truly are all connected. It is only in our humanness that we are different. Now understanding that, all of my jealousy disappeared in an actual instant. Because we are all the same at a soul level, there is nothing so important in our human lives that is worth my jealousy. Your success is my success. My success is yours. What I have, you can have. And that's really what humility is at its core. Realizing that we are all the same. We are all one. 
Kyle Gray is a spiritual teacher. And he says that when you see the number 1111, that it is a sign for you to stop and remember that we are all one, 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 one. On the flip side of all this is when we have people that we look up to as special. We may idolize them or call them a guru. Being inspired is a great thing. But if you think about the basic teachings of this chapter on humility, you can see why having a guru or someone you look up to as quote unquote, all knowing can set you up for potential disappointment when they fall. The first point here is that if they are someone you deem as magnificent in their own right, then you too have those same qualities. They are a mirror for the things in you that you have. Although those qualities may be dormant at the moment for whatever reason, you cannot see something in someone else that you don't also possess. This is true for things you view as both positive and negative. So those things that drive you crazy about others are things that also drive you nuts about yourself, even if you can't see it right now. And the things that you love about others are within you too. So don't be so quick to put people on a pedestal because you also have that same potential to be what you admire about them. The second point is that, as I mentioned in the beginning, nobody is perfect. People will screw up at some point in their lives. Maybe there are big screw-ups and maybe there are little ones. But if you worship the ground someone walks on and then they do something that you or others consider unacceptable or illegal or even just something that you don't agree with, you now have to grapple with their downfall. It can even feel like a breakup of sorts where you were once so attached to someone and now you have to make the decision whether or not to cut them out of your life. It can be heartbreaking while they will likely never know the impact they had on you you will feel the disappointment for a long time to come. Gabby Bernstein has an Audible original book called You Are the Guru. I love all her books, but this one is perfect for this topic. In it, she recounts how someone that she used to admire and talk about in great depth to her followers about how she had met him early on in her spiritual journey and was truly a fan of his and essentially worshiped him and his wisdom and teachings. And then the unthinkable happened, and he was accused of some illegal things involving young girls, if I'm remembering the story correctly. She was not only devastated, she was also embarrassed because she had sung this man's praises for as long as she had been doing public speaking events. She had looked up to this man, and now she had to come to terms with the person he really was behind closed doors and it made her question a lot about what she had learned from him. It kind of turned her world upside down for a while. It made her realize the importance of not putting people on pedestals and trusting your own knowing. Yes, learn from them and be inspired by them, but also don't give your power away to anyone. You know more than you give yourself credit for, and you get to trust your heart. Ideas of separateness will only isolate you from other people. This creates loneliness and anxiety, which cannot bring you joy. 
Try not to label things or people and keep in mind that everyone is just an ordinary person. We all take our pants off in the same way as I remember being told more than once when I was a kid. Or maybe it was put your pants on the same way. I don't remember. (laughs) Here are a few things that I would like to leave you with for this episode. One, appreciate others' strengths and gifts and be open to learning from them while also listening to your inner wisdom at the same time. Two, recognize your own shortcomings and limitations without self-beat up or judgment, remembering that perfection is an illusion. Three, remember that you are one in 7 billion people in this world. Everyone is special, which means no one is special. No one human is superior to another human being. Four, we all come from the same place of divine light and energy. It is only our egos and human judgments that separates us. Five, Humility is essential to living a life of joy. When you take the pressure off yourself and others to be something they aren't, you can appreciate what they are. I hope you loved this episode. Until next time, when we talk about joy pillar number three, humor, thank you for listening and have a magical day.